This is your host, Emily Wilkins, of the Evaluation, the New Age Book Club. And today we're going to start the book on Fuck Yourself, Get Out of Your Own Head, and Into Your Life, Gary John Bishop. So, um, we're going to go over, in the beginning, I am willing, I am wired to win. Uh, That is chapters 1, 2, and 3. And... Um, the thing about self-help books is I think there is helpful in your personal growth as you allow them to be. Um, some of this is just somebody giving you their opinions. Some of this is, you know, you could tell someone did research or at the very least they use somebody else's research, but, um, yeah, I, some of it is a little corny, uh, but I think you can you can pull knowledge from anything if you keep an open mind. So I'm going to go to page six. Whether you're introverted or extroverted, creative or practical, you spend huge swaths of your time talking to you. You do it while exercising, working, eating, reading, writing, walking, texting, crying, arguing, negotiating, planning, praying, meditating, having sex on your own or with others. You name it. And yes, you even do it in your sleep. You're actually doing it right now. Don't worry, it doesn't mean you're crazy. Or perhaps it means that we're all a little crazy. Either way, we all do it. So settle in and welcome to the freak show. So this guy has a um, a very, obviously based on the book, on Fuck Yourself, you can tell by the title, uh, Gary John Bishop is very take the bull by the horns kind of guy. So uh, part of my language, this is not something I would recommend to listen with your kids. Or young ears, anyway. Um, I'll make sure I put that in the title. <laughs> so, yeah, to continue on, uh, studies show that we have over 50,000 thoughts per day. Think of all the things you say to yourself that you'd rather not, or you try to overcome or defeat. Uh, bottom of page seven. In simple terms, the language you use to describe your circumstances determine how you see experience and participate in them and dramatically affects how you deal with your life and confront problems being big or small. So, um, I do like this on the bottom of eight. He says, I'm not suggesting you suddenly take on positive thinking or personal affirmations. Those subjects have been done to death, varying degrees of success, and are certainly not what we'll be doing here. I won't ask you to tell yourself you're a tiger as to unleash your inner animal. Firstly, you're not a tiger, and secondly, you're not a tiger. This may work well for some people, but I'm much too Scottish for that. To me, being told to do those sort of things feels like being force-fed a bucket of maple syrup liberally sprinkled with bits of last year's candy canes. Thanks, but eh, no thanks. For all my, quote, positives, unquote, out there, sorry, but we're taking this baby in another direction. This book is designed to give you an authentic leg up, one that feels genuine and right for you and can propel you into greater levels of your true potential. So basically, uh, the first chapter is just like, hey, listen, you control your thoughts, so you have to change the way that you're talking to yourself. Your inner dialogue is what propels you or holds you back. So he just kind of goes into that, and um, 
I do like one of the quotes. It's on page 15. It's not that you have to find the answer. You are the answer. Uh, I really like that. So, he goes on, like I said, he's just like, hey, this is how you use the book. Um, he does have a disclaimer on page 21. If you're easily offended, stop reading now and regift this to someone in your life who you think might benefit from it. Uh, use this book up. This is on page 22. Throw through the words for what you need to make the difference in your life until its pages are tired and weary from your appetite for change. Chapter 2. I am willing. Stop blaming luck. Stop blaming other people. Stop pointing to outside influences or circumstances. That's how he starts out chapter 2 um, with that quote. And then he goes into... You have the life you're willing to put up with. And that's uh, all that chapter two is talking about is he's going into on page 30. If you're not willing to take the actions to change your situation, in other words, you, if you're willing to put up with your situation, then whether you like it or not, that is a life you've chosen. Before you think but or start to get your knickers in a twist. Let me say one more thing. By defending your circumstances as they are right now, you are actually making a case for being where you are. Give it up. No buts. You can't afford them. They're access, or excess baggage on a trip that requires you to travel light. Circumstances don't make the man. They only reveal him to himself. So, <clears throat> there's always something. Um... And, and he says on page 31, 100%, you are 100% responsible for what you do in this life and the aftermath of those events. Always, every time, no excuses. And I guess it's, you know, it's accepting um, the fact that bad things are going to happen to good people. Um, I know a lot of really good people. And, and terrible things have happened to them. And it's always uh, amazing to see how they come back from these terrible events. Um, honestly, you know, devastating and, and devastating things, you know, even sometimes simple little things, um, they make a difference. They do. They truly make a difference. So on page uh, 33, either you control your destiny or your destiny will control you. Life won't stop for your pauses and procrastinations. I won't stop. It won't stop for your confusion or fear. It will continue right along without you. Whether you play an active part or not, the show will go on. That's why one of the first personal assertions I teach to my clients is I am willing. Before you can say that that to yourself, you must first ask yourself the question, am I willing? That question demands an answer. It can't just be left there in the nothingness of the universe. Am I willing? It pulls for a response. Am I willing? Its power is irresistible. I cannot escape its press for the truth. And then he asks a series of questions. Am I willing to go to the gym? Am I willing to work on that project I've been putting off? Am I willing to face my social fears? Am I willing to ask for a raise or quit this shitty job? So, I think the best quote of that <laughs> is... 
Either you control your destiny or your destiny will control you. Um, life won't stop for your pauses and procrastinations. It won't stop for your confusion or fear. It will continue right along without you. And the big thing is, as he says on 35, the linguistic switch. Your, the language in which you, you speak to yourself. It's all about how am I talking? How is my inner talk going? And on page 36, it's not necessarily always are you willing, but how unwilling you are. Page 36, maybe you are, in fact, unwilling. In many cases, that may actually be the best answer you can give. Are you willing to live with a body that's unhealthy? No. Are you willing to continue living paycheck to paycheck? No. Are you willing to put up with unworkable, unsustainable relationships? No. I am unwilling. Unwillingness ignites resolve and determination. And then he discontinues uh, with a power of purpose. I actually do not like that specific... Um, this this the title that he gives the power of purpose. I think he could have went many different directions. That's just a, a personal critique. But I did like I did like uh, a section in here. I did like some of the things he said. I just didn't like the way he titled it. But on page thirty nine, he says, "In the moment you realize you have cognitively and systematically put yourself here, guess what?" That's right. You can cognitively and systematically get yourself out. This is also the foundation of granting yourself the grace of acceptance, of embracing what has been, and daring yourself to reach for an unimaginable future. He is a wise man who does not grieve for the things in which he is not, but rejoices for those which he has. Leave the drama in the past. Um, and he, I actually highlighted this, and I said... I'd like to mention a, a good friend of mine um, because I know many people that um, they get stuck. They get stuck. And she was unwilling to stay in the job that she was at. She was absolutely unwilling. So she started applying for jobs. And let me tell you, the phone has been ringing off the hook. And and I'm so proud of her because it takes a lot to put your to put your resume out there and to just start applying for jobs when you're so used to the place that you've been. And and honestly, it's really great to see. Um uh, so now I'm going to jump to page 41 and this section is called Reaching for the Stars with Short Arms. That doesn't mean you should stop pursuing amazing life goals, if that's what you really want. It also doesn't mean you should let yourself stagnate and stop improving either. There's nothing inherently wrong in working long hours and sacrificing your quality of life. And some people might be perfectly content doing so in order to make the income or get the career they want. But so many of us have actually forgotten why we are pursuing what, what, blah, blah, what we are pursuing in the first place. All too often, we focus solely on what we don't have, and even though deep down we don't really need it or perhaps even want it, when I lay these things out, you might be nodding your head. He's right. I don't need to be a millionaire, a millionaire, or I don't even really want a uh, six-pack of abs, which of course is all fine, and so the next time you see the nice car and think, why don't I have that? Or when you look at the cover of a magazine, why don't I look like that? Or why aren't my clothes that nice? Making sure 
We're striving for what we really want requires a constant check-in with ourselves. And this is um, another time I mentioned another friend. I, I had a friend, and when I met her back in 2016, she told me I want to be a cop. I, I want to be a police officer, uh, you know. Um, but uh, she had a past, and she had to wait. She had to wait for it to drop off her record. And in the meantime, I I don't know if she actually did this, but it seems like she did. She she started doing things that were gonna make her look good to some to you know to one of these it had to be you know one of these uh police police academies and so she got her um she got her bachelor's in psychology i'm pretty sure and um she worked as a security guard she would she you know she had her license to carry and uh, concealed because in Texas you can carry I'm pretty sure you can you can carry even if you don't have a concealed weapon uh, I mean as, you can't conceal your weapon but you can open carry in Texas and she actually paid and she went through the academy on her own dime and now she's a police officer it took her I, I, she became a police officer uh, December of, of 2020 or she graduated the academy and she became a police officer this year in 2021. Since I had known her in 2016, she had pursued that that dream, that goal for six years. And I just think to myself, what are your dreams? Um, I like what he says here because the fact is you have to face your reality. And, and he goes into page 43, chart your path. One of the beautiful things about really taking a hard look at your life and goal is doing so forces you to reevaluate the path that leads to them. Now, I hate to really give this book too much credit, <laughs> but I kind of have to because I've really been struggling. And I, I, when I got back from deployment, I decided that I was going to, I decided I was probably going to get out of the military and I decided okay, I'm just going to start a master's program. Um, I got accepted into LSU's leadership and HR, and I started attending. Uh, of course, it's all online, and there's actually a, a very large population of, of uh, military because it's online and because it's, you know, it's, a pretty, it's, it's a pretty solid uh, master's program. However, <laughs> I hated it. It was so boring. Um... And I love learning. I love reading. But it was just, it was not what I wanted. And when he, when he said this, like, bear in mind, we all tend to build things up in our heads and minds to be a lot bigger than they really are. And I thought to myself, okay, well, what do I really want? And the truth of the matter is, I don't know if I'm going to get out after this next contract or stay in, I don't know yet. But what I did know is I wanted to be able to do something that had nothing to do with government, had nothing to do with the military. If I decided to get out, I wanted to have a real civilian job. And this idea of computer programming just kept popping up. And I realized Yo, that's what I need to do. 
I need to find a program, but I got to go back. See, I already have a bachelor's, but I don't have a bachelor's in a, in a STEM degree, in a technical degree. It's in um, IDS, which is interdisciplinary studies. And a lot of, uh, you know, my, my upper level classes, so my, my 3,000, 4,000, you know, my junior, senior level classes were philosophy. I took a, I, I, I took a lot of philosophy and psych. So I was like, all right, I, I got to go back. So I did. I, I, that's, that's what I'm going to pursue. I'm going to pursue a second bachelor's in computer programming and security. And part of the reason that I'm pursuing that is because I, I did, I, I kind of thought about my path and I thought about, hey, I'm actually a little unhappy. How do I fix this? Um, you know, I have some great, uh, some great friends that support the decision. I also had a really great mentor and she told me, she's like, listen, if you don't like math, don't do computer science. Look at, look at this. And then she gave me a really good website, um, to go look at specifically for programming, but I'm not going to get my contracts not up till 2024, but it's something to keep in my back pocket. And, and I say, I digress cause this isn't, you know, but personally I realized what are my goals? What am I willing to do to get to where I want to be and what am I unwilling to accept about myself and how am I going to fix that? And um, I just want to say I do like this chapter and I think that even though he says, you know, you don't need to do the mumbo jumbo, I think I think writing down what you're willing and unwilling to do and accept is really important. And he ends the chapter with willingness. It's the lifeblood of the new, the infinite well of possibilities and potential, a state where new futures arise and a whole new you can begin. Ask yourself, am I willing over and over until you can hear it first thing in the morning, last thing at night, and while you're driving, while you're in the shower, am I willing? Ask, ask, ask until a resounding yes echoes through your consciousness. I am willing. I ask you again, are you willing? Now, chapter three, I think is a little corny. But he's not wrong. I will, I will throw that in the beginning. He's not wrong. So uh, it's, I am wired to win. Beginning in chapter 3, page 53. What if I told you that even when you think you're losing in life, you're actually winning? That everything that happens is really a victory. It's true. And that's not just some feel-good self-help mumbo-jumbo or sales line that I'm feeding you. You are a champion. You've knocked out goal after goal, cruising an undefeated record. Everything you set your mind to comes true. You're probably thinking I've lost my mind or maybe even that you've lost yours. Perhaps you're convinced I'm talking to someone else, anyone but you. Let me explain before you end up like a couple of basket cases. Before we end up like who. So what he does is just like, Listen, the main point is you've allowed yourself to get to wherever you are right now. And I think, you know, for those that maybe, you know, maybe not everything is bad, right? Maybe there's just some things that you want to work on and, and get better at. The thing is, is that he goes on page 61 and he's like, firstly, you have to uncover and realize the ways in which you have limited yourself. 
the kind of absolutes that you are currently unaware of. In short, the conclusions that you have come to about yourself and others and life itself. Those conclusions are the limit of your potential. It's only when you have broken through those conclusions and can and uh, can you experience life outside of your current existence that you start to understand the power of this phenomenon. And he gives an example and he's like, you know, it's not, it's not necessarily harder to make 60K than it is to make 30K. And... Um, Basically, it's about what do you believe? And it goes back to the, the self-talk, the self-doubt that you have. But, and that is a reoccurring thing that I've noticed so far, because I'm reading this with you. Uh, I, I haven't read chapters four through um, six yet myself. But it just seems like the biggest thing is like, hey, listen, you are the answer to you. So don't get caught up in the past and realize that... Part of survival of, of mankind has been winning. We had to beat out other species. We had to beat out and be predators versus being prey. Um, so I'm going to end the podcast with a quote on page 70 into 71. And this is how he wraps up I Am Wired to Win, Chapter 3. We are wired to win. You are wired to win. Define your game, embrace the challenge, and strive to understand yourself in deeper and more meaningful ways. True understanding of yourself and your personal constraints allows for ever unfolding degrees of freedom and success. The more aware you become of your hard wiring, the more space and opportunity become available in those areas. Step out there, trust yourself, give yourself fully to your vast capacity for victory. Set yourself the challenge of winning in new and exciting ways. Demand your greatness of yourself and repeat after me. I am wired to win. That's why I'm going to end this chapter. I mean, yeah, end this uh, podcast. And next week we'll go over chapters 4, 5, and 6. As always, go purchase the book, Amazon, uh, Barnes & Noble, your local bookstore. Um, I'm skipping huge swaths of information because I don't own the rights to the book. Uh, but it is, I, so far, honestly, I really do like it. Um, it's not my favorite, but I do think that it has good information. I think even books that maybe aren't my favorites you know, in the end, you still learn a lot. And it, good things came out of it, as I told you. I gave you an example of, a, of something personally that it helped me. Um, if you want to listen to a podcast that is just fun, funny, go listen to my friend Dom's podcast, So What She's Saying. Him and his good friends from Slido, Louisiana, they just go back and forth. It's a little bit of bickering. It's a little bit of just honestly healthy conversation about current topics. And um, if you want to reach out to me on the interwebs, you can find me on Instagram at em underscore the underscore. 
And that's all I got for you guys. Until next time, this is your host, Emily Wilkins, with Evaluation, the New Age Book Club. Peace.